And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of April 16th, 2019. This is episode 58, and today we are covering all the injury news, hot and cold starts, who made the struggle bus, and of course, some early trends that we're beginning to monitor. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And in the front office with me today is Phil. We've got Todd out on assignment this next week. So, Phil, how are things in your baseball world right now? I, I just looked at my ERA on the day, and it's not great in many of my leagues. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think the ERA is great in anyone's leagues lately. <laughs> Starting pitching is getting lit up. Oh, pitching all across the board, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, big injury news. Blake Snell has found his way to the IL. I got to remember it's injured list now. And it's for... Did he have a toe ring on or something? It was the, uh, the fourth toe on his right foot. No. So do you really like what really happened is this is the story um, and I'm sure he's sticking to it. Uh, so basically what they say happened is, is he was moving some uh, furniture in his bathroom and one of the pieces was two pieces that he didn't realize. And so as he picked one of the pieces up, the other piece fell off of it oh, and it yeah. was granite and it landed on his toe and so it's like oh. mango. It, it apparently looks like mush right now so um yeah so that's that's apparently what happened um so i don't know i don't think we're gonna get any better story than that anyway so no i'll i'll buy it i'll buy it yeah exactly <laughs> uh they apparently decided not to call up uh, Faria there. It looks like they're going to the opener and mostly bullpen games in his absence, but I believe they said he wasn't going to be out long. I mean, how do you know, though? <laughs> right. Because I, I think it's his leg that pushes off, so um, I think uh, it was his left leg. No, they said it's his right foot. Oh, okay. Well, that's not nearly as bad then. Well, it's his landing foot. I know, but you could put pressure on it, but I think pushing off, I think, would be more of an issue. I don't know. Maybe True. it's just me. All right. Well, Clayton Kershaw's back. Uh, wasn't he decent? I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I saw that uh, Puig hit a home run in the first inning, and after that, I really didn't get a chance to watch, so... He basically do do? shut down the Reds after that. Oh, did he? And How many innings he pitched? I think he went seven. Really? Okay. Let me let me double so check maybe, here. Maybe he is back then. Uh, he went seven innings, six strikeouts, and did not factor into the decision. That's fair. I think he was throwing a little bit uh, slower than what we're used to, but maybe he's just ramping it up. And... Yeah, yeah. Uh, 18 first pitch strikes to 24 batters, and oh joy, this next uh, next outing is going to be a real big test for him against Milwaukee this, oh, yeah. this Saturday. So good luck. He is on the watch list there. Most, most of you, if you got him, <laughs> you got him late or later in drafts due to that whole arm issue. Uh, a favorite of the podcast here, Mike Clevenger, or at least a favorite of mine that's been kind of an under-the-wire grab the last couple years, uh, leftly after five innings, was really tearing up teams, and apparently it was an upper back strain. Yeah, so what, what's actually crazy about this is, is it sounds not too bad until you like start hearing that he's not 
going to pick a baseball up for two months. That's yeah. going to be that's that's a problem. Like he's going to be out for a while. If you're if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, then I'm sure he's fine. But um, honestly, he scares me a little bit in that scenario too. Because what first happened with Kershaw whenever he first started having issues? His back. Backs are something that you can't really get around as far as the starting pitcher is concerned. So kind of scares me a little bit overall. Yeah, this one definitely sounds more muscular in nature. Not the same place as Kershaw. Kershaw, I think it was more of the lower back, uh, all the contorting. This one, I've heard a few of the the Twitter doctors out there try to explain it as potentially shoulder-related. Oh, that's Um, even worse. Yeah, which would definitely be worse, and why they're probably leaving it pretty vague with an upper back strain. Um, Not picking up a ball for six to eight weeks plus whatever time it takes him to ramp back up yeah. you're probably looking three months out yeah all-star break maybe is, is a good focus point i'm sure yeah late late june early so july in, probably in redrafts be very careful what you pay for him if you do trade for him yeah and if he hits waivers as well that's true uh francisco lindor actually looking at this went out on triple a rehab assignment oh, on he, the 15th he, he hit a monster home run today oh nice I know uh, Major League Baseball is trying to stop uh, video from happening at minor league games. Well, <laughs> boo-hoo to you, because I saw one today, and it was crushed. Yeah, there's been quite a few of the leaks. And that whole mm, policy is very questionable to begin that's, with. That's so stupid. Yeah. All right, another middle infield issue. With Odour out in Texas, who are we looking at getting some additional at-bats there? I know they called up uh, Wisdom. Yeah, but he's normally a third baseman, isn't he? Pulling up roster resource right now. Let's let's get to the bottom of this. <laughs> it looks like they have Danny Santana. That's who it was. He got called up, and actually, he did okay for last night. So I think he had uh, two hits and a stolen base. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I think he's on the short side of the platoon he might be platooning with with Patrick Wisdom but I think that he's going to get the majority of the at-bats because he's the strong side of the platoon and the, the weird thing about the Odor news is um there really wasn't any so like he sat one day because of knee soreness and then the next day he hits the injured list and there hasn't been really any news since then as far as uh, is it going to be 10 days is it going to be you know a little bit longer did they drain fluid what what the hell's going on in this situation so no one really knows what's going on and if you know what's going on you can let me know because i've got a lot of teams with him on there so (laughs) right it it would it would be cool if i knew exactly what was going on when to expect him back in something i don't know maybe that'd be cool all right if you are missing odor here are a few guys let's see if you agree here phil jason kipnis okay an interesting fill-in. It looks like on ESPN, he's only rostered uh, 7% of teams. So I'll tell you a couple of guys that I picked up recently um, because of that, because he's in one of the big leagues that I'm in. Um, so 14-team league, my head-to-head league at home. Uh, I pick up Garrett Hampton for him. Right. He was sitting on waivers because he's been struggling, but he's actually been doing decently well since um, McMahon Ryan McMahon. went down. Yeah. 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 Well, since McMahon went down. So uh, I think that that's something, you know, something to look out for. He's got elite speed. He's, you know, a decent hitter. He's in cores. Um, if he can hold down that position, I think that he'd be a sweet felon. Uh, Nico Goodrum. Yeah, I like him too. He, he hits the ball hard. Position eligibility too. You can swap him around, throw him at first base if you do have somebody else to throw in second later. 
uh, a name we're going to talk a little bit about later, Brandon Lau. Yeah, I really like him. He hits the ball hard. And and there's a reason the Rays ended up giving him a contract. The Rays are really oh, yeah. a stingy, stingy organization typically, and they're not someone that's just going to give a guy a contract just because he has potential. They saw something in him last year in the major league level, and I think that it's going to continue this year. If you have him available on the waivers, I really think you should pick him up. Four home runs already, two stolen bases, and over 350 on his OBP. Only owned in 18% of leagues on ESPN. That, that needs to be above 50, at least. It it has jumped 14%, so... It, it should jump another 20, 25%. <laughs> right. I, I, I'm, I'm being serious. It probably oh, yeah. this within this week or next week, it'll jump another 20 to 25%. Just make sure that you're in the early part of it and that you're one of those people that actually get a chance to do that. Chad Pinder is another guy as well that's a stat cast darling. Uh, doesn't play every day, but he's finding ways to get into the lineup there in Oakland with their See, injuries that, as well. That's my issue is that where does he play once guys start coming back? So I don't know if I want to plug in an injury fill-in for a guy that might not have a job here in a week or two anyways. Um, I think that, you know, I'm looking for a guy that's going to be at least consistent while the injury goes on so I don't have to keep rotating the door, you know. Yeah. Jeff McNeil? Oh, God, yes. How many, What percent owns is he right now? 38 and a half. He needs to be probably 70, 75% owned right now. Like, there's nothing wrong with... He's hitting over 400 right now. Right. He's got he's, second and third base eligibility and working and, on outfield. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So, he's playing all over the field, A, and B, he hits the ball all over the field. Now, he wasn't a hyped prospect coming up, but this guy hit 350 in the bigs last year. He's hitting over 400 right now. Let's say conservatively, if he hits 300 the rest of the way, that's a hell of a player, man. You need to, like, players like this don't come along very often, like 300 hitters, especially ones that are on the waivers. That's somebody you have to snag up. Um, another one that uh, favorite of Todd's is Adam Frazier. Yeah, hitting at the top of that Pirates lineup. Good on base percentage. Uh, definitely a late round sleeper for me in a couple of different deeper leagues, but uh, if, if you're looking for a fill in, it's not a bad guy. Outfield eligibility also. Yeah, definitely a guy probably looking to max out at uh, maybe 10 home runs, but could get 15 to 18 stolen bases there. Um, he's yeah. just finding his way into the lineup, so only somebody to watch for. Um, another pirate here will go to Corey Dickerson himself is only owned in about 56% of leagues. Right behind him is a guy that I would definitely be targeting right now. He already jumped 26% ownership in the last week. Alex Gordon for the Royals. Yeah, Just yeah, tearing I, the cover off the ball right now. Over 400 OBP, three homers, 13 runs, 13 RBI, and walking. Like he's got seven walks on the year already. So I was watching the Royals uh, broadcast the other day, and they said something interesting on the broadcast that uh, struck me. And it was uh, Alex Gordon noticed that over the years he had been slumping, uh, slouching more and more at the plate. And Mm. so this year what he did was – actually it was late last year that he started it. Um, he started to stand more upright and he started to hold the bat at a little bit different of an angle whenever he starts before he loads. 
and it has done a lot. He's he's put the bat on the ball pretty well consistently since he's made the change. I know it's a really small sample size, but that's the stuff you have to look out for whenever you're you're seeing these changes instead of just you know a guy that's a career nothing hitter uh, that has two good weeks in April and people are you know throwing crazy amounts of fab at him. This is a guy that was really awesome for quite a few years and he fell off because you know he just didn't have it in him but he noticed a mechanical flaw and he seems to have fixed it and if if this is for real i mean this is going to be a really awesome resurgence to watch wow he's 35 yeah he's been around forever yeah they were saying uh funny note i was actually watching the game uh keller was pitching and they said that uh in gordon's major league debut uh keller was in eighth grade (laughs) <laughs> so yeah yeah he's been around a couple of years um but you know he, he's everybody knows it's been around for a little bit while in the fantasy baseball community he had some really good seasons and if if he can be um eric hosmer ish yeah not not too much power but good average decent on base percentage and hit in the middle of a lineup so you're going to see a lot of rbis maybe somebody like uh maybe even nick markakis last year that just overperformed for whatever reason uh expectations uh, because of his lineup spot and because he puts the bat on the ball yeah it looks like last year august september october he made some changes. He got seven home runs between those three months, uh, nearly 30 runs, over 30 RBI, and walking at a large clip. So definitely somebody I've actually rostered in a few places and somebody to watch. Let's see, outfield, Bowers. Owned in 40% of leagues. He's off to a really slow start. Are, are you on the Bower train? Uh, I don't think I'm picking someone up like that um, to fill in for an injury. Uh, I think... Sh- yeah, Shinsu Chu instead? Oh, yeah. I, I love me some Chu, especially in on-base percentage leagues, but in on-base percentage leagues, he's probably not sitting available. Yeah. Uh, this is a name that you brought up the other day, chat. Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah, so I don't know what his deal is this year, but I like what I've seen so <laughs> far. He's... He, He's a guy that you expect to get, you know, maybe 15 to 20 stolen bases and 15 to 20 home runs. You're not really sure if you're going to get 15 or 20 or maybe even 10 of one of them. Um, But at the same time, this year, he's actually done decently well as far as average is concerned. Again, I know average is a fluky stat, especially this early in the year, but um, I think he's been hitting the ball really well. And he has. so, yeah, so I think if, if he can keep up what he's been doing, he's somebody to look out for that may even be on waivers at some point in your league. Uh, he's only owned in 30% of ESPN leagues. Yeah. That's I, that's up 10% from last week. Uh, Ramon Loriano is also on waivers in a lot of places, unless you're in a deep league. Uh, Chad Pinder, as we already discussed. Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier should lose his job here in a week or two when uh, should. Stanton gets back, right? Well, as soon as anybody's healthy there. Right. There's a pandemic going on in that Yankee clubhouse. Uh, Jorge Soler kind of broke out last year. This year doesn't look like he's doing as hot. Uh, only batting 213, but somehow the power's still there this year. And then you get into the whole timeshare in San Diego, and that's about as deep as you want to go. Alex Verdugo, actually. Yeah, we were just talking about him a little bit ago. Um, I just watched him get an infield RBI single uh, second ago, right before we started the podcast, or right as we started the podcast. And he has been playing, and he has been hitting. And he was one of the guys that, uh, coming up through the minor leagues, a lot of teams were asking for him and Urias. 
Um, and they would not budge on those two guys. Those two guys, whenever you know they've they've been coming up through the system for a couple of years, so people thought that they would be able to get them on the cheap, and there's just no chance that they were getting rid of them. And now you can see why he's he's crushing the ball. He's hitting like 350 right now in the bigs, and that's you know that's something where he's doing it with power. He's doing it uh, as as a pinch hitter half the time. Man, if he gets full-time playing time, watch out, because he is a really, really good hitter. And with these new juice balls, man, oh, man. <laughs> He's a perfect candidate to uh, uh-huh. take advantage. All right, speaking of hot starts, let's let's turn our attention to guys that, man, just scorching the ball. Uh, this past week, Christian Yelich, he went deep again. Um, he's really loving that St. Louis cook in there. Had three yeah, he, homers on Monday night, one, one so tonight. far on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, just annihilating. Can I officially say that the Cardinals traded for the wrong outfielder one more time on the podcast? Because I don't think that that's a record that's been broken enough. <laughs> no, it hasn't been. Um, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah. It makes, it makes me sick to think that he was also available, but they chose Azuna, who ran off the wall and belly flopped onto the warning track. <laughs> one guy wanted MVP and one guy's belly flopping off the wall. I don't know. Ozuna's been hot this last week in his own right as well. Yeah, I mean, he's been hitting okay, but man, he sucks in the outfield. <laughs> True. Um, Anthony Rendon. Tony Rendoni, man. Tony, Tony Two Bags is what they call him. And he's been Tony Four Bags because he's, uh, he's been crushing the ball, hitting home run after home run. He's he's been one of my best hitters in, in a league that is really important. So, uh, or at least to me, um, and he's been the only guy really that's been a hitter that I've been able to count on consistently. And night in and night out, it looks like he's got a base hit and an RBI and and a, you know an extra base hit most of the time. Uh, yeah, just this past week, batting three fifty seven on the week, three homers, 11 RBI, no stolen bases, but on some runs as well. Just underrated all over, not only in real baseball, being overshadowed at least in uh, Washington by last year Bryce Harper, but man, at least in fantasy, if, if you can somehow pry him away from the owner, you may have stolen, stolen a uh, top five MVP guy. I agree. Uh, what is in the the water down in Tampa Bay. Meadows, the former pirate, now Ray, uh, batting 522 on the week, four homers, 12 RBI, and a stolen base to boot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what more can you say? <laughs> so right now is a, is a great time because Todd's not actually on the show to just bash the pirates for their stupidity <laughs> of oh, giving up. He does the same. Meadows he does the same. And Glass now. Oh, and by the way, like the 12th overall pick or right. whatever the hell that he was. Um, what? For a guy that had a four ERA for the two years, but I know ERA is a fluky, again, a stupid stat, but like it's good to point at. He hasn't been a good pitcher for like three full years before they traded for him, and he doesn't have that long of a contract. I just don't understand it. Like, you, no one would be able to explain this to me to where I would just be like, oh, that's why they did it. And, like, no one, not even them. No, no, they can't really. I'm sorry. I have to go on tangents sometimes because, like, my brand <laughs> just fully doesn't understand things. 
Uh, so which which trade was worse? The Tampa Bay Pirates for Archer, Glassnow, Meadows, or the Cardinals and Diamondbacks Goldie deal? Uh, I mean, from your guys' perspective, I can see how it looks really bad, but, like, your team wasn't going to sign Goldie anyways, and, like, these guys are young, controllable assets, <laughs> exactly what the Pirates need, and what the hell are they doing? Right. Like... I, I was going to say, in the short term, the Goldie deal looks terrible um, because year one is going to be just, there. there's no comparison. Um, but isn't that all that was left on his deal anyways? There so was. going to be a free agent after next year anyway. So what do you, you, you guys look at it this way? Either you get a compensation pick for him or you get what you got. Uh I know this. Todd knows this, but we still. It's, it's, I know. I know it's hard, but I, I just I, from from a logical standpoint, like legitimately, I think what you guys got a lot of years control on some players with upside. Yeah, and, I think it was like and, fifteen years. Yeah. yeah. And and so for for that being said, I think the Pirates needed it to go the other way, where they got a bunch of right. years of control, and they didn't. And so that's what just it baffles me. And so that's why I have to say that deal just looks moronic, and it did from day one. Yeah. Like, they weren't competing when they traded. It still makes no sense. Like, I still have no clue. Well, and that was that was even before they added on the, the player to be named later, which was generally— overall, right. I know, which generally is like some double-A, single-A guy that nobody's ever heard of that's— just filler for the new organization he was a top prospect just selected in the draft and then dealt the more i talk about this the less i understand oh right right we we need that conspiracy gif where he's just mapping things out on the wall because it's a total conspiracy i don't know they handicapped themselves with that one uh let's let's look at the middle infield now uh elvis andrus has been tearing the cover off the ball here two homers eight rbi two stolen bases this past week is he looking healthy again finally drinking that water from the fountain of youth it looks like yeah he's actually stealing bases too he had a combo meal the other day yeah he, he's he's a nice little target a nice little 2020 threat there with a solid average as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a really, really sneaky good lineup down there in Texas. Sneaky good lineup. Sneaky. Uh, who is not sneaky is the shortest MLB player, Jose Altuve, batting 448 on the week. Six home runs, 11 RBI. Uh, wow. What water is he drinking there in Houston? Yeah, I'm not sure. He did. He had a home run six games in Arlero. Or no, no, no. It was five games in a row, and one of the games he had two home yeah. runs. Um, he's really good. And we had this debate early in the year, um, you know, right around draft season. I think it was actually before draft season, really. It, and it really yeah, wasn't it was a the week. It was the week before TGFBI because we also discussed it on our live, um, right. live mock draft. Right. But, but basically, I was saying if you say Jose Altuve is healthy. You're dumb for not taking him top three, maybe four. And 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 so the if he's healthy is something where it's hard to write off because of how on how he wasn't last year. Right. And so I understand that part of it. But if you're telling me I am guaranteed 150, 155 healthy games from Jose Altuve, I would sign up for that almost ahead of 
I, I, number two overall is what I would say. I would say I would take Trout and then him, and then it's not even close. No Mookie? Mookie has been up and down, and he really proved himself last year, but at the same time, he could have a really down year like he did two years ago. And and True. his down year, uh, you know, in, in Altuve's down year was because of health. Yeah. Mookie's down year was because he was growing, and, and so, I mean... Altuve has grown to what he is, and he legitimately is probably the best hitter in baseball right behind Mike Trout. I mean, he hit over 300 down the stretch last year, basically on crutches. Right, and he, he had no power whatsoever, and, and he had one leg, and he still hit 300. It was just sheer will, and now that he's fully healthy again, and I really believe that he is, man, he is crushing the ball, and catching up ground on last year. I mean, just remember, he's only 28 and right in his prime. Uh, Somebody who is not in his prime, Josh Donaldson. Two home runs this week, batting 385. We expect this kind of production week in, week out from him. Is he going to stay on the field? Well, that's always the question. That's Uh, the only question I have for him. He's got the (laughs) talent. There's no, really, there is no other question. Um, If if he stays on the field, I think that he's going to produce, but if he doesn't, then obviously you're you're going to have to fill in somewhere else. That's the problem with him. I just don't think he can stay healthy. Uh, Cody Bellinger, 429 on the week, two home runs, four RBI, two stolen bases. Would you uh, be shocked if he won the MVP this year? <sighs> Yeah, I'd be shocked, obviously, because, I mean, that'd probably mean Goldie didn't make the whole year. Yelich didn't make it the whole year. Uh, Acuna didn't take a further step forward. Um, Could he be in the conversation? Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year, he had some adjustments to make, and it took him a long while to make them. So I remember two years ago when Judge had his, you know, hot streak and everybody was all in on Judge, and then Bellinger came up and kind of did a very similar thing. He hit 40 home runs and not a full season of at-bats. 39, I think, is what it was. Um, And so everybody expected Bellinger to do the same thing, and when he struggled, that was was a problem. But I had people telling me in, in 17 that they would rather have Cody Bellinger straight up in a trade over Aaron Judge um, that was like halfway through 17 in like a dynasty league. Really? And yeah, I had a lot of smart people telling me stuff like that. And so that's when I really started to, to take note of Cody Bellinger because he isn't just the one, one thing player that judges. He's fast too. He's an elite athlete. And if he can figure it out and actually start to steal bases on the regular, like I was looking at something the other day as far as, uh, you know, the stat cast data, as far as foot speed. Yeah. He has, he has over 30, uh, for his max and that's, that's considered elite. So you would not think Cody Bellinger is that guy, but he is definitely a threat, man. He is, he's playing a lot in center field. Is he not? Yeah. I think most of his games he's playing there cause they're, they have uh, a lot of guys to swap around the third base and first base area too. So he doesn't yeah. get many reps over there anymore. I don't think. All right. On to the struggle bus. First up, what the heck happened to Marwin Gonzalez? since he left Houston. Well, he he didn't have a very good year last year either. And isn't he like sneaky old? Yeah, I think he's like 36. That's what my guess is real quick. Internet is working today now. He is 30 years old. 30? Huh. It's uh, Yuli Guriel that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pretty old. 
yeah, he's 34 and has only played three, four years in the bigs. So yeah, Marwin has not had a good start with his new employers there in the Twins. Uh, 147 on the season, zero home runs, two RBI, zero stolen bases. Yeah, the scary thing is um, the reason you have him is for multi-position eligibility to kind of fill in. He's probably not a starter for anybody, but at this point, do you even want him as a bench bat? Uh, not in fantasy. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you do you want him on your fantasy team at all, even as a bench bat, even though he has all of those position eligibilities? Like, even in a 15-team league, I think you can probably find something that is similar. Over the last two years, this year and last year, uh, 241 uh, batting average, 317 on base, 394 slugging. Yikes. So, like, he's not doing anything for you. And in ESPN, he's rostered by 49% of... See, isn't that unbelievable that there's a guy that's hitting 400 that's rostered in, like, 30% of leagues, and there's a guy that's hitting 147 that's rostered in 40-something percent of leagues? It's, it's so stupid. Like, I never, never understand. I would honestly rather roster Scott Kingery. Does right. not have a permanent position at this point rostered in one and a half percent of teams and let's see so let me let me throw this out there small sample size um hilarious 294 ops for the season that is a nine ops plus Oof. a single digit ops plus that's how bad this bro has been i just yeah. I'd rather own Chris Davis. There, I said it. Oh, wow. Wow. Cyrus Davis. I'd rather own Cyrus Davis. At least you know he's going to do some power every now and then. Like, you don't, you're not going to get anything from him. Yeah. Nothing. You're going to be able to fill him in, and he's going to go over four and four different positions for you. Uh, wow. Henry had a huge night on Tuesday. Was that in uh, Coors? No, it's uh, against the Mets at home. Oh, yeah. So he went three for four, two runs, one homer, five RBI. All right. Which has him batting just over 500 on the year with a stolen base, a home run, uh, a bunch of doubles, three doubles here. Wow. All right. All right. So you have me actually going to my waiver wire while we talk. (laughs) And picking him up. So... Dropping Marwin. Awkward. Oh, I would never, ever, ever. I would. Okay, so if you think Marwin Gonzalez is going to be good, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand, everybody. Raise your hand. Crickets. With that hand, with that hand that's raised, start smacking yourself in the face with it because you deserve better than that. You deserve better than thinking Marwin Gonzalez would be good. Smack yourself out of this. Oh wow. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> had to sometimes you have to talk people out of it yeah Yeah. sometimes you have to talk people down from the ledge actively using that waiver wire uh all right let's move on uh another middle infielder that's having some struggles jose peraza he was drafted in like the top 100 this year and so far has not been paying dividends on that batting 167 with a home run one rbi and one stolen base which means he drove himself in doesn't sound good no uh didn't you draft him in the TGFBI there, Phil? Yeah. How, how have you masked his terribleness? I uh, also got Fernando Tatis Jr. as a flyer oh, uh, around pick 300. And oh. people like laughed in the chat and they were like, he's not even going to be up this year. And I go, okay, uh, I'd rather have him on my bench than somebody else. And then literally two weeks, three weeks later, whenever he's uh, making the team out of spring training, I... I'm like, I don't know who to start. 
and so within a and, week you knew <laughs> right so yeah basically i just kind of let it play itself out and since then i've been going with the much hotter tatis jr well the funny thing is uh it'll probably be flipped next year peraza may be getting drafted in the 300s and tatis in the top 100 oh tatis will be in the top top 60 yeah probably uh sean newcomb of the braves that crowded Haitian depth. Not as crowded anymore. No, was demoted. Yikes. I mean, yikes. Yeah, definitely yikes. Which they brought up Tukey. I don't know why they even sent him down in the first place. Yeah, that's true too. Came up, made a relief appearance, and I believe is pitching on Wednesday, getting the start, and will be in the rotation. <sighs> Newcomb was kind of just uh, a strikeout guy last year. Had hoped he'd make some strides, but, you know, at some point, you gotta cut your losses and see if you can figure out that control issue. Again, of control issues, Robbie Ray as well, <laughs> again, did not uh, do so hot. He did make it through six innings on Tuesday, but, uh, yeah, gave up four earned runs and only struck out four guys against that hot Braves lineup, so... Man, it's a struggle being being a Ray believer. Like, he's got the stuff, but at a certain point in the game, generally the fifth inning, you know he just starts aiming pitches rather than just rocking back and throwing. So I think there's some mental mm, will there that he's just got to get through rust in his catcher. Because I know at the end of last year when he had Jeff Mathis behind the plate, like, he was lights out. Out. Hopefully they can channel the spirit of Jeff Mathis in Carson Kelly or somebody there and just, uh, yeah, wow. Definitely need some help there. Ryan Braun, uh, we did talk about him a little bit in the offseason. Uh, Mike Petriello of the MLB StatCast podcast had a big breakdown on him. Uh, basically, was like he made a change in September last year and accepted the flyball revolution and tore it up. So far this year, mm, not so great. 204 average five runs three homers 12 rbi is he gonna come back around phil i don't know man he's he's old i have problems believing in guys like that for a couple of reasons mainly because he had his pd issues and he really has had kind of on and off again seasons um since then he really hasn't been a consistent player the other issue is is that he's been hurt consistently throughout you know those years as well um, so I believe that he is trying to hit more fly balls and that is resulting in more home runs. It's also resulting in him having more fly balls that end up in outs. And so his average has plummeted a little bit. So I don't know if that's something that's going to be good or bad for him over the full season. I guess we're going to have to watch this play out. Um, I, I don't think that he's going to be on my, many of my teams, though. Yeah, no. All right, let's look at pitching. Oh, man, some of these guys have been terrible this year. Uh, Shelby Miller, of course, Ugh, terrible. Cookie Carrasco, I don't know what the heck happened to him. He's got an ERA over 12 after three games. Uh, Jason Vargas somehow still has a spot in that rotation. Uh, made it one-third of an inning against Atlanta, giving up four earned runs, three walks, two hits, uh, has an ERA over 14. Nick Pavetta, oh, guy's got stuff, but just doesn't mm, control it there. ERA uh, just under nine and a half. Ronaldo Lopez, <laughs> Rick Porcello, two years ago, two, three years ago, he won 20 games and a Cy Young. What happened there? Uh, fluke. And one guy that you really wanted to talk about here, Phil, Matt Harvey is an angel. What you got on that? I just, Matt Harvey's been <laughs> bad for so long 
that if you expected anything other than this, you're a masochist and you secretly like pain. Like you, you really are. And I'm not joking. Like you are someone who deep down in your heart, you're just like, I really enjoy pain because he's bad. Like he's not a good pitcher and he's been a bad pitcher for a long time. Ever since he really hurt himself and came back the, the, the third time or whatever it was, he hasn't been the same. And he laid it all out there for that postseason run, and it kind of bit him, and his career is not right. So stop drafting him on your teams, please. That's just my public service announcement, my, my second public service announcement of the day. Oh, wow. What is his ownership? Probably higher than it should be. Yeah, uh, estimated at 100% chance it's higher than it should be because zero is not an option. <laughs> Uh, he is rostered on 4% of teams. Four, that's it? Okay, so the 4% of team owners out there, if you're in an AO-only league, you can do better. If you're in a a, a (laughs) 47-team league, you can do better. If you're in any kind of league possible, you can do better. Believe in yourself. You can you, do better. You can, I want you to look in the mirror when you wake up tomorrow, and I want you to say, you can do better. I want you to get out of this habit of, of drafting Matt Harvey and rostering him because you can do better. You need some words of affirmation, people. All right, uh, let's look at some trends that we're beginning to monitor. Wow, this guy didn't even make our pitching cold starts, but Aaron Nola. Uh, Aaron Nola's in the same camp as Corey Kluber, and I just have no idea what the hell is going on anytime they throw the ball, and I don't think they do either. Yeah, at this point, I don't know. Uh, The home run increase has been a boon to some of these new StatCast darlings. Uh, Looking at the average exit velocity, these guys fall in the top 25 now. Uh, Hunter Dozier, the second baseman for the Royals. Is he somebody you're looking to monitor or to add? Yeah, uh, I think anything uh, 15 teams or more, he should be already rostered. I think uh, 12 teams or more. Um, you probably have him on your watch list. If not, if you have a hole, um, like, you know, what we talked about earlier, maybe Odor would be a perfect felon for that. Hunter Dozier looks like he's got first and third base eligibility. That's why he didn't show up in the second base list. Uh, and he's got 6% ownership. Yeah, that needs to be up. He's hitting the ball really well. That's the other thing that I noticed when I was watching that Royals game the other day is he hit a couple of balls really well. That's why, you know, I highly recommend everybody out there, if you can afford it, um, to buy the MLB.tv uh, because you can definitely watch every game anytime you want. And so it's really awesome that you can actually watch your fantasy players instead of watching like the stat cast of the, or the game cast of the fantasy players while they're, it's happening. You can actually see what's happening. Yeah, definitely a worthwhile addition to your fantasy arsenal there. Uh, batting 300 on the year, four homers, eight RBI, 15 hits in 50 at bats. Uh, and plus he's over 92 miles an hour for the average exit velocity. Uh, Brandon Lau, we did talk about, and he is definitely somebody to be on your radar. Boy, this is a favorite of the podcast. Byron Buxton. Down a little bit of what he's been doing here because he's number 32 on the list of average exit velocity with 93 mile an hour velocity there, which is much higher his average. Wait, I remember this. Someone, that name looks familiar. Um, <laughs> someone on the podcast really likes this guy and I can't put a thumb on it. 
Uh, do you remember? Uh, I think that's you, Phil. Oh, wait, that was me. Um, Byron Buxton is an elite talent, and I just don't know why I don't have any shares of him. I'm ashamed <laughs> to be a Byron Buxton truther that I, 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 I gave up faith for one off season, and, and that's all I needed for Byron Buxton to break out is for me to give up faith. Um, so next year when I buy in, uh, at the extremely expensive price that he goes, um, he will certainly do nothing like every other year that I've ever owned. All right. This is small sample size here. We're looking at 145 pitches that he's seen this year. Um, of his 29 batted balls, his, he's got a 10% barrel rate, whereas every other season before, he's had a 5 or less percent. His exit velocity of 93.3 is miles an hour faster than every other season. He's floated between 83 and 86. His launch angle, which is a huge thing so far, uh, usually he floats in the 10 to 14 degree launch angle. He's at 20.4, which added with higher exit velocity, higher launch angle, and a much higher hard hit rate, which he's got a 55% hard hit rate, 7% of the league. So, of all of the stories so far this year, the one that I want to be true the most is Byron Buxton. <laughs> and, and, and and anyone can laugh about it, but, but it's honestly for baseball's sake, because he is really, really talented. And if he can actually put it together, we can have two Mike Trouts. Like, honestly. Now, now he's not going to have the power of Mike Trout, but he's just as fast. He's a better athlete overall as far as being able to, to run and, and cover the outfield. Like, he is the best center fielder in the major leagues. Maybe Kiermaier, um, 1-1-A. But he is amazing at what he does. If he can turn the corner, um, which... He has had, you know, some. It's a long, long story, and everybody's already heard us talk about it a million times. But he had a rough go in the minor leagues, as far as you know. They called him up after, you know, he was not really developed, and he developed in the major leagues. And if if this is the point where he develops too, I'm gonna be really happy. And I'm betting with. Uh adding the knowledge of Nelly Cruz to that lineup and his offseason really helped as well. They've done some good things there in Minnesota. Um, another launch angle guy to keep watch on is Josh Bell. The Pirates first baseman, he's kind of kind of been a lightweight. Like, he went off two years ago for 24 20 25 home runs and then all of a sudden last year he couldn't hit it out of the ballpark hit for a measly average and i think only had 12 15 home runs something like that this year it, it really appears he's changed his launch angle where he's already got four five home runs he's got three so far this year um let's see he hit 12 last year hitting 26 and 17 so he definitely took a nice big step back and, and the good thing about him this year is he's making solid contact overall, so he's not striking out a lot. Um, he actually is kind of striking out a little bit. Well, um, here we go. Here we go. He's, his, wa he's walking a little bit more, it looks like. Uh, his strikeout percentage is right in line with his last couple years. Uh, his K percent has been 19 and 18, and he's only at 17 so far this year. Um, his walks have taken a slight step back. His hard hit percentage averaged about 36%. He's at 52%. Um, yeah. His launch angle is finally in double digits. It's at 11%. Uh, 
whereas he's been at nine or at 11 degrees rather than degrees or lower and he's hitting it with a greater velocity top five percent of the league 94.4 exit velocity uh, every other year he's been 90 or below huh. on your radar he's probably not going to cost you much in most leagues right now maybe somebody to uh hold on a bench spot and monitor it from there rather than somebody else's roster that'll do it for today's show we will wrap it up right here phil where can the people find you i'm phil and i'm at the baseball jedi jeremy follow me at front office jer be sure to follow todd at goalie happens follow the pod at fan front office visit us at our home on the web fanfrontofficepodcast.com and this weekend from the 17th through the 21st be watching our twitter feed and visit our shop on t public they are having a massive store-wide sale 30 percent off of everything that means 13 dollars t-shirts 30 dollars hoodies uh, if you want a phone case they're down to 19 dollars all the goodies the t public produces 30 percent off go check it out help us out that's a great way to support the pod and we will catch you all next week go race